I'm saying at least once a week, go drive it. Now, see, since we're all into this conversation, I just went ahead and actually started recording. But no, a car's designed to be used. That's its purpose in life. It's to be used. A painting's designed to be hung on a wall and looked at. A book's designed to be laid out and read. You know, even books on display at the Smithsonian that are open so you can read them and utilize them. A car, when it's static in a museum, is not doing what it was designed to do. It's improperly being displayed. I agree. Best thing but we've for had a car... This, we've, we've had this discussion before that we still take cars out and drive them occasionally for events, for significant, you know, reasons. We don't, you know, Yes, we do do a shutdown process on them, but that doesn't mean that they're dead. It doesn't mean that they're done being used the way they are. They are shut down properly for preservation and then brought back to operable condition when needed. Yeah, but the museums I've been affiliated with, they just, when they need to use them, they get them out, put gas in them, start them, run them, and then they put them back. That's the way a car is supposed to be used. You, yeah, you, and at our museum, you we pull them off things. the floor. We pull them off the floor. We put oil and water and gas in them, and then we drive them, which is two more steps. Yeah, I think you have about fifteen more uh, proper steps that your cars go through than certain places. No, I'm I'm with you. I think they should be driven, and you know, that's the worst thing for a car to do is just sit there, which. You know, I'm dealing more on the hot rod side of things where, you know, they sit in somebody's garage without a battery tender on them and yada, yada, yada. And they just, they just deteriorate, you know, the, well, why don't we, but why don't we say this? Why don't we say, because you got, I, you know, and, and I get in this discussion a lot with people. And I think it needs to be clarified. When a car sits improperly, it's bad for it. But if it's cared for properly and stored properly, it's, it is not as bad for it as, yeah, parking it out in the barn and letting it sit. Yes and no. You, you, can't, you can't prevent gaskets from dry rotten and rubber seals from dry rotten when they're sitting they're collecting dust the dust is pulling the moisture out of them and i don't care if you've got it in a bubble i don't care if, i don't care where you got it it's going to get dust on it and it's going to deteriorate where it seems like the ones going down the road that you drive at least once or twice a week seem to last longer i mean just being at the shop when we build a really high-end car, like I'm going to say the Dart, for example, car was in the shop for three and a half years. During the fabrication stage of that car, we bought all new windshield rubber, all new door rubber, every, every piece of rubber for that car was bought, installed in bare metal to make sure everything was going to clear, everything was good. By the time we got ready to put that car together, so these gaskets and, and you know, rubber pieces and all this stuff was roughly three and a half years old, been sitting in a climate-controlled shop. Most of it had already started cracking. We had to go back and rebuy every piece of plastic or rubber that was going on that car because it had just sucked the moisture out of it and it had sat there and dry rotted. Well, uh, you got to get into the chemistry of rubber on that one because it doesn't matter where that rubber was stored. The off-gassing of the chemicals that are involved in plastics, the, the way, you know, rubbers are produced with cross-linking and, and all of that, that's that's what in conservation or you know and in even in the insurance world they call inherent vice those are things that are going to degrade over time no matter how well you take care of them how much you use them 
That is just the nature of plastic and rubber. But after that car had been built for three years, all of that stuff was fine. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't dry rotted. It wasn't cracked. So, I mean, I don't know what the difference is. Whether, I mean, okay, well, I don't know. I mean, it was just sitting there back in its plastic bag, put back on the shelf, wasn't messed with, just sitting there. There's a big part of it. There's a big part. Right, of it. right. You it's had it back there. in a you had it back in a plastic bag, which that plastic bag was also also off-gassing other chemicals that were likely degrading the quality of the rubber or the material in it. So the plastic bag deteriorated the rubber. What it came from the factory in. If it if if things sit too long, di dissimilar products like that that off gas, they damage each other. Think about like okay, think about this. When you lay plastic on a car, you know, like a a piece of like you know the plastic you use when you're painting to cover a car. Oh yeah. And you let that sit on that paint, no matter how new or old that paint is. It'll imprint. That plastic eats into that paint, doesn't it? It'll imprint it because of the off gassing of that plastic. And that's what that plastic bag was doing to that rubber. That plastic was off-gassing and degrading the rubber. It's so all why, about the chemistry. Of so, it. so why why do they why why do they sit on the shelf for four or five years in that plastic bag and they don't deteriorate? But you do you know they sit on the shelf for four to five years? I'm sure some of it does. How many people? And probably buying, how many people? And buying, how many people's buying rubbers for sixty-five Dodge darts? Not that many people. If your Dodge Dart needs a rubber, well, <laughs> let's just... <laughs> Different plastics, too. The thin sheeting that you're throwing over is designed for temporary. Right. And the We um, put the stuff back in the plastic bags that they came in, or whatever they come in. A lot of them was in plastic bags and taped up it, to try to put it back to the spot it was before and we pulled them out and they were dry rotted. They were cracking. Well, I'm going to say welcome everybody. No driving gloves. <laughs> this is what happens when we go to this non new non-edited format. This is the pre-show that happens and usually gets cut out. Um, got some feedback on the New layout, no complaints so far. So we're going to keep going with the crutch words, long pauses, and the nice casual conversations. And obviously, I hate got, it. Obviously, you got all three of us, at least for a while. Sounds like Derek's going to be quitting the show there. Yeah, as he smirks and giggles, they see. Eventually, we'll get this regular enough. We can start doing a video feed, and you guys can join us live and watch our antics, me with my eyes closed and my arms flailing away and Derek smirks and Will's cat licking his head. Dog. dog. Oh, dog, yeah. While I'm looking at my phone. <laughs> yeah, most of the dings and Apple sounds are Will. Yeah, well, and tonight it's going to be Derek sending Will all the, the Canadian Conservation Institute information on rubbers and plastics. What do the Canadians know? No, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I can dig up some AIC stuff too. So, so don't waste don't waste your time. So since we're we're talking about articles and everything, I actually posted to the Facebook page and I took credit for it just in case you guys disagreed with uh, the new uh, Mustang Mach E. <laughs> I think it's a bit brilliant business plan by Ford. I think it's a wonderful idea. It's got a lot of people talking and a lot of people buzzing. I mean, if they came out and called it the Ford Focus E or the SHOE, nobody's going to talk about it. But throw the Mustang out there, make these people mad. They'll throw a fit. But two or three years down the road, I think Mustang, the Mustang guy is going to sit there when his wife or his fiance or his girlfriend, because you know he's got a Mustang. I don't know how many of them stay that married. And uh, wants an SUV. You know that's going to be one he's going to think about because it's got the Mustang name on, kind of like 
the Porsche driver did when Porsche introduced an SUV and kind of like Lamborghini drivers are yeah, doing. Yeah, but they didn't call it the 911. But they're creating a brand. They called it a Porsche. I mean, I mean so Ford's new brand is Mustang. Yeah, it's a. I see it coming and being built as a sub brand, kind of like was Ram was floated as a um, idea for Corvette. It, and you said Ram. It, that's a, a kind of exactly it. Ram was a version of the Dodge truck, and now it's become the nomenclature for all the Fiat trucks and vans. You know, we should have the Fiat ProMaster, but no, it's the Ram ProMaster. We, you know, when we end up getting to a Dakota type vehicle instead of being Dodge, it'll be Ram. You know, that's affiliated. That's kind of to me a name in the Fiat group or FCA, whatever we want to call them this week. So I take it, Will, you're a little bit against the uh, Ford business moves and thinking on that. You you wouldn't have named their uh, Tesla Model X competitor, not X. Uh, what is it? Uh, yeah, X competitor. Yeah, the X. Well, first off, oh, here we go. Oh, no, I've he, he, never, <laughs> I've never been a fan of crossover SUVs. I'm a V8 or sometimes V6 rear wheel drive if it's an suv or a truck that's what it needs to be you know and i'm trying not to be closed-minded here i'm really not because i'm not a fan of closed-minded people but man come on you know stick to your roots i get you want to be build an electric vehicle and compete with you know tesla and everybody else but don't call it a freaking Mustang. Really? I mean, you know, call it something else. Come up with a new name, something catchy, whatever. And I get why they've done it. They're wanting to create a buzz. They're wanting to get people talking. And they have. They have. And, you know, I have heard some positive comments. And I haven't said anything about it to anybody, but... You know, I mean, oh, well, give, really? give, give Ford credit for not naming it another dang F word. Uh, and I, I was at the Ford dealer the other day. We we're talking Fusion Focus Festiva. I, I, I don't know which is bigger. Is a Focus or a Festiva the bigger car? I can't keep them straight. I barely can do the Fusion. You know, it's nice when it's nice Lincoln's going back to names and getting rid of this stupid alphabet soup they use. It drives me crazy. I can't go look at a Cadillac because I can't keep the alphabet soup straight. But Ford, with all their F-150 and, you know, F-250 and, like I said, Focus Fusion. Um, and then you get into the... Uh, Apparently, the rest of the world don't really give a crap either <laughs> because they're not even selling them anymore. Or they're not going to be selling them anymore. Well, well it's not even the world. It's it's the U.S. I mean, car sales are friggin' like, what, down to 10 to 20% of the market? But they're actually going to sell some of the cars they're not selling here overseas. But they, okay, let's go to the, the um, I can do a little bit better on the Escape, what is, no, Echo Sport, Escape, Edge, Explorer, Excursion. Do we still have an Excursion? No, I don't think they're doing the no, excursion. They? Then what's the big Ford? See, I can't even remember the name of the, the big Ford. The Explorer is the biggest one now. No, no that's no. like a Chevy Suburban. No, they no. Or is it the is it the Expedition? That's it, the, the Expedition. Yeah, the Excursion yeah. is gone. The Expedition yeah. is still there. Yeah, they yeah. they renamed yeah, the Excursion the Expedition XL. That's what they did. This is this is where they messed up with with the Mustang, and and, and so but here it is, you know. 10 to 20% of the market is is cars right now. So the Mustang is in that. They needed another crossover. They need a crossover SUV, but they messed up with the name. I mean, look at the thing. Think about it. They clearly messed up. This should be the new Edsel. <laughs> there you go. I agree with you 100%. 
I, Call it the freaking Edsel. I've seen comparisons of it of is actually the Edsel, the Mustang. No, really, the, the I haven't Mustang, seen that yet. Yeah, the Mustang Mach Edsel. <laughs> you know, some of these negative people are thinking it's going to collapse. It's going to fall apart in a couple of years. Not the car and its reliability, just the whole concept, and it'll get the whole idea. But then, I, I, you know, I joke. I'm joking about the Edsel, but really, it's it, like John said here, and, and you know, Will, I, I, I understand your point, but if you think about it, look at what just happened in the Corvette world. There were a lot of people when Corvette announced what the eighth generation Corvette was going to be, you know, a mid-engine platform car. That's not a Corvette. They should change the name. That's not a Corvette. That should be a different line of car, and they should build a front-engine Corvette. And that, that ain't even in lot, the same ballpark, though. But all it is because all the no. same comments are being said. No, it's still a V8 rear-wheel drive car, two-door sports car. But they, they are, went from a V8 rear-wheel drive two-door sports car to a freaking electric soccer mom van-looking thing. Body, I mean, body, come on. Body styling aside, and I don't want Eric or Derek to comment, but some of the rumors I've read is possibly the Z06 or ZR1 versions of the Corvette will go the way of the um, Ford GT and be like a six-cylinder twin-turbocharged hybrid so they'll have electric power and it still be in the, in the Corvette. So, are what do we, you are, are, are we uh, if if they built the Mustang Mach E and it looked just like the Mustang? Throw the SUV out, look just like the Mustang, but we have an all electric Mustang. Would we be? As I'm upset? good with that. I'm good with that. But it's not a V8. It's it's it's. Front engine, whatever you want to call it, electric engine. No, it'd be corner engines no. because they put the electric yeah. motors on the wheels. Okay, well, <laughs> as long as the, I mean, okay, still, if it's the two door sports car, you can call it a Mustang. All right, what do you think, Lee Iacocca's thinking? It's right not now? a sports car. Lee Iacocca's the, the Mustang old... is a pony car. <laughs> I, I've been arguing that all week. It's not a muscle car. No, the Mustang's a pony car. And, right, and, well, and the Lee Iacocca contrast, that's the only one I've given in to somebody. I said, Lee Iacocca's probably rolling over in his grave. Is somebody made the point, um, what would Henry Ford say? And I felt Henry Ford would be all for it because Henry Ford was all about naming something one thing and having 18 different vehicles out of it. He proved it with the Model T, Roadster, Touring, Sedan, Doctor's Coupe, Pickup Truck, Sedan, uh, not Sedan Delivery, um, whatever the wood ones, Depot Hacks. I mean... Well, they were all based <laughs> on the same chassis. Nobody said the Mach-E really... You know, I, I look for that ain't become, on a Mustang becoming, becoming a universal chassis in Ford. Mm. So I want to know who's got a train going by their house. Uh, I do. I, I, I do <laughs> quite often during the show, and it rarely translates to uh, um, the podcast. That's Lee Coca on that train <laughs> going, what the hell is going on? Hey, you know what? That train... Is a hybrid diesel electric okay? We can get into the, that the whole future. thing because that's the way RV should be. But I'll get into that after I say the other guy who now is probably rolling over in his grave, unless there's money in it, which and that's the uh, gentleman who's now the company or late gentleman whose company's now announced the Mus Mustang Machi -E Shelby. And Shelby's announced that they'll be doing a Shelby edition of the Mach-E. Woo, we're going to boost up them <laughs> electric motors and put some wheels on it. Going to put D-cells in it instead of C-cells. <laughs> mm. No, on, on this train thing, I've always felt that RV, somebody should, nobody's ever done it. And I probably said it on the podcast before. Put electric motors on the RV, put make the motor a generator, and let it run that way. 
Uh, you can plug it in, recharge it overnight, go until it, you know, the battery's low, and then the diesel generator kicks on and runs runs the RV. It's just my opinion. Kind of goes along with the Chevy Chevy Volt thing, but then again, the Chevy Volt's going away this year. And I still ain't sold on this electric car crap anyway. I mean, <laughs> they're complaining about you know pollution and all this all this stuff. But what's going to happen 40 years from now when we got to figure out something to do with all these batteries and all this other toxic crap? I mean... Well, I guess then we'd have to start talking about the, the degradation of plastics and chemicals and, you know, how the chemistry of things like rubber and plastics degrade. And uh, you, you're talking about that, Will? <laughs> see, see, they, they also don't... No, there's, there's rubber and plastic... Is the is the main thing in a battery? Well, there's a lot of plastic in it. Well, there's a lot of um, research and development, and that's what the car side of the argument always hides. And I, I'm sorry. We'll be, be going I, I, back I, I, to the internal combustion engine because I, I, the batteries are bad. I'm being the green guy here, but they're actually working on kind of a recyclable battery that will last indefinitely and then when it does fail most of the components can be disassembled and rebuilt into new batteries and then i haven't read too much on it but i've read a few articles and i've heard some car people that own electric cars on various podcasts and that discuss it Um, we'll never see an indefinite battery as long as we're alive we don't have indefinite cars. I mean, a ga- a, a, a no, I, I agree. A gasoline motor needs gas every three hundred miles. I, got, I agree, but there, you can you all right. So maybe you can rebuild the battery. I guess is what you're saying. But yeah, and then that's, uh, what, that's what they're, they're looking know. at. There, they're getting the chargers faster and faster. I mean, can, can you now not charge a Tesla in thirty minutes at one of their superchargers? And to be honest, excuse me, I'm sorry. See, look, there you go. They had to bring something cool for an internal combustion engine and make it electric, a supercharger. <laughs> That's for top fuel dragsters, folks. Uh, not it's for not a, not a car a, up. It's not a super. It's not a supercharger. It's a super charger. But we, we <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got. You know, I get what Will's saying now because I was going to go down the road of electric superchargers, electric power steering pumps, electric, you know, everything's going electric. But they've got these chargers that, you know, will we'll charge a car in 30 minutes. And when I time, you know, when I stop for fuel, I'm stopping usually for 12 or 15 minutes. And the 30 minutes would probably be good because then I might actually stop and sit down and eat and be able to enjoy a little bit of my trip. You know, Will would be well, able and, to stop with his 3,500 Dually and recharge it, take a break, and save a dollar mm-hmm. or two on gas. There well, you- and think about this. Think about this. I mean, you know, Will, you're thinking, and, and, you know, I love internal combustion engines. I'm also, I mean, I like I like anything. I, electric, steam, I don't care, whatever. If it moves, it's fun, and I enjoy it. But, you know, we are there's a lot of development that still needs to happen in the electric car world. We're, we're, we're breaking ground and and we're doing good things and not pun, no pun intended by saying ground there, but (laughs) yeah, we're ruining the ground. (laughs) We, we, you know, turn of the century, 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, electric vehicles were very popular. They went by the wayside because, Fossil fuels became cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, so on and so forth. And all the things that went into that, there's a lot more behind it. I'm not going to bore everybody. But remember that when the internal combustion engine started out, it was a single cylinder that they had difficulties figuring out how to get the fuel into it, how to meter the fuel, how to get the air-fuel mixture right, you know, the stoichiometry situation, all of that. And it took years to develop, and we are still developing the internal combustion engine to this day, 100-plus years later, to make it better and more efficient. So why can we not accept and admit that we are at the beginnings 
of a revolution in electric power and we need to give it time to get it to be what it can be because that's what we allow the internal combustion engine to do and will huh in reading some certain things this week and we're we're right on and i'm really anxious to see what's going to happen in the next 12 months put you know audi's new electric on on the side put the new uh tycon on the side we're we're now to a point where we're having gonna start having six five and six year old tesla model s's out there and a lot of people have said that the Tesla Model S was not built for longevity. I'm one of them, really, that says, eh, I'm questioning if this thing's going to last. Because, like, the, you know, they have these big, massive touchscreens in them. That's not a touchscreen that's went through all the development that a touchscreen in your Ford has gone through or your Chevy or whatever. That's a consumer-grade tablet that's literally glued into the Tesla. So how is it going to put up with the heat and heat cycles and temperature changes and abuse and vibration and stuff after seven, eight, nine years? You know, there's already people complaining about the availability of parts and people not caring. Um, But there's also a contingent that I've just really beginning to learn about, but I know they've been in the press, of Tesla Model S's out there with 400,000 miles on it that have had virtually zero maintenance because there's nothing to wear out. You plug them in, you drive them, the battery goes dead, you plug them in, you drive them, you have a little technical issue, you email Tesla, they send an over-the-air update, you're done. Uh, It's... You know, it's kind of interesting because really there's no moving parts. The things that are there to break are, here we are back to mechanical. And uh, I was looking at a car the other day with Zara, and, you know, I kind of made the comment that the only thing, you know, it was a Lexus, and the only, I'm not worried about the mechanicals. Toyota mechanicals are as reliable. Those pistons will go up and down as long as I'll be on this planet. But what I'm worried about are, you know, all the electronics. And those things go go bad it seems the tesla might have that worked out and now we're back to the doors falling off and windows not going up and down because the the tracks and that wear so i'm more and more becoming pro-electric i still like my gasoline stuff but i you know i a couple of years ago went and looked at chevy volt in a real really serious thought process because and I'm surprised we don't have a few more of these cars that are like the Volt. We don't, I think the Volt's the only one that really does it. I mean, in that it has a battery pack, and it runs off the battery pack when the battery pack goes dead. The motor turns on, but it doesn't drive the car. It recharges the battery, kind of like the trains we somehow got onto the subject with. But every other electric is, you know, like a hybrid, you know, the Prius hybrid not the prius plug-in it um the electric or the the motor helps generate some battery power and regenerative braking but the motor the uh, electric motor is an assist so now we're having all these electric car conversations um and i'll be honest with you I, i don't really know enough about them to to have much of an opinion other than if i like it the idea or don't like the idea and i guess I don't like the idea because I've done no research really on them at all. And I'm not even entertaining the thought of looking at one or buying one or anything like that. I'm I'm not going to say I'll never own an electric vehicle. I may. You never know. But not in my near future. I I can promise you that. Well, I guess I'm pro. We'll sum- summarize this conversation real quick. I'm pro Maki. Will's against it. I can't remember where Derek stands. I'm all for it. Like I said, I'm, you know, I, my degree is history and the history of technology. And as I've said, we have to have this happening 
to make progress into the future. So I'm I'm all for studying electric cars, you know, yeah, building yeah, yeah, the infrastructure are, we need. Are you pro oh my God. calling it? Not, Will. Are, yeah. Are you pro calling it a Mustang? A oh, is that what we're talking about? A four-door soccer mom electric vehicle being called a Mustang. Are you are you pro that or not? I don't know if I have strong feelings on it, to be honest. I mean, I guess Ford can do whatever Ford wants to do. I'm it's, I'm it's not a, a big like what I'm not a big Mustang fan anyway. So I mean Maybe they're just trying to get, you know, something that don't hunt ditches as much and call it a Mustang. I don't know. Well, and I, I have a problem everybody calling the thing an SUV because it's, it's a crossover. And this goes back to one of the topics that's on our um, list of, car, you know, subjects to cover, but it's going to require a little bit of homework, but in properly naming body styles of cars, because I... Th- the the Mustang, as it's presented, the Mach-E, is what BMW and Mercedes are calling four-door coupes. The sloping roof line, four doors that kind of mm. look two-door-ish. Mm-hmm. So Mercedes and um, BMW get away with calling them four-door coupes, and people are buying these M6 four-door coupes you know, like crazy. Why does Ford get in trouble? They have built a four-door coupe Mustang. I don't don't see the problem there. Okay, I'm, I'm googling. Has anyone seen a picture? And I'm googling because I have not seen one yet. Have they parked one next to an actual Mustang, so you can see the actual size comparison, so on and so forth? I am not finding any pictures of that. Uh, I don't know if I have seen that. I think that would be interesting just to see what the size difference is, what the overall, you know, uh, kind of differences are in height, length, width, so on and so forth. And here's the other thing going to what Will's talking about. Is it, you know, Will, you're saying it's a problem calling it a Mustang, you know, let's call it, you know, philosophically or theoretically, whatever word we want to use here, but all of the styling cues used on this vehicle for brand identity, if you want to call it that, everything is Mustang. So is it not appropriate to call it a Mustang if it has all of the same you know, character elements that the Mustang has as brand identity? Same, I'm looking at it, the same taillights, uh, a lot of the same character lines through the body, uh, you know, very similar front end character lines. You know, it's all about brand identity in these things. So to call this something other than a Mustang would almost be wrong because you'd be renaming the character lines of the Mustang. I have found two pictures kind of like you're discussing here thumbing unfortunately they're they're obviously taken by ford and they're taken from strategic angles uh, um, i'm gonna have to email them to you and i'll be sure to get them on the well yeah i've seen thing. i've seen like weird like oh the mustang's off in the back on an angle and this you know i'm saying literally side by side sized up yeah i i've got that i saw that one and then i found one with five of them that's got the e in the middle and then Real Mustangs off to the side. Oh, yep. And I just I found... just saw that one. That I saw one from overhead, and I just came across one that has a kind of side view straight on. My Google's going to go crazy, because I think I have about 32 tabs open. I'm amazed we're still able to record. <laughs> uh, no, now I'm just starting to get into pictures of real Mustangs. But it, you're right, it would be... I think it'd be to Ford's advantage or some somebody who's much more um, computer, Photoshop, tech-savvy than I to try to overlay one of these things. When is the, and this is going to sound bad, when is this um, 
Los Angeles Auto Show, or is it going on right now that this thing's supposed to debut at? Mm, L.A. Auto Show, is that usually December? I thought it... I'm just wondering because Kia introduced a new... Um... Nope. Uh, it starts tomorrow, November right. 22nd through December 1st. Yep. Yeah, so I think... I think oh, Ford, here we go. I think Ford is just reaching. I think with all the new buzz of the new Corvette, Ford <laughs> wanted to come out with something to to for people to start talking about Ford. Just like we've done this entire episode. Just like we did did we do an entire episode talking about the new Corvette? Uh we touched on it a little bit in an episode, but I don't think we've done a whole episode on it. And this wasn't even supposed we to be can a if you episode. Want to. But, you know, I, I mean, personally, I just that's just kind of what I think. I think the new Corvettes caught the, the whole automotive world by storm. And everybody knew it was coming is the crazy thing. Um, and Ford's just, just trying to, they're reaching to, to to get people talking about it or something. I don't know. It just... I can agree. I, I look at I look at this thing, and I don't even think Mustang. Okay, they took a a folk or a, a whatever the little crossover thing is. The what is it? Um, Fusion Echo Sport Edge. No, Flex. Not the Flex. Um, I don't know. Whatever it is, they changed they changed it up a little bit. Put some, you know, put three taillights in the back, put a horse on it, and call it a Mustang. You know? I mean, I see nothing on it that is Mustang, period. The headlights, the taillights, whatever. You can put, you can put, you know, put Corvette taillights in a Camaro. Does that make it a Corvette? No. I mean, it'd be like putting Corvette taillights on a Tahoe and calling it a Corvette. Well, I've, okay. I've, Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I was just, were you talking about back in the day with the Falcon? And Because also remember, the Ford Mustang was built off the Ford Falcon. So. Right. Why didn't they call it the Falcon? Bring the Falcon name back. I mean, they had Ford. They just killed Falcon. it over in Australia. Right. They had four door Falcons. So Okay, well here, let's 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 take this back. There's, there's the perfect example, the same chassis, different name. Exactly. Now let's take it back to, to another car that was unveiled uh I don't remember how long ago, within like twenty years here. But what about the when the new Charger came out? The Dodge Charger was a two door muscle car. When it came back, it was a four-door sedan. Right. They killed it and brought it back. And, and see, I, I still have problems with it being a four-door. I'm sitting here looking at a picture. I paused on this blue Mach-E, dead, you know, low shot, straight on front end. And I'm going to go back to, I, I don't mind calling it a Mustang, but Will might have a point. Do you know what this thing should have been called? Because it's dead, but it also it has a you know a holding or a name that people recognize and kind of recognize with performance, but goes four door, and that would have been to, to just flat call this an SHO. Right. Uh, I mean. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. You could. I mean, I'm looking at this this front shot, and other than the horse on the in the center of the grill, it's got the headlights on it. It's got a black mesh grill. The front shot of this thing looks damn near what my SHO does from that I, angle. I, I, <laughs> so wait, I wait, agree wait, 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 hundred percent, John. Wait, wait. So I think we just had a breakthrough because don't forget it's electric, so it would need to be the SHO E, <laughs> showy, or the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like a shoe. Well, you have to shoe a horse. Yep, you know, Mustang, horse. You got to shoe a horse, boom. Nope, Marketing I ploy. I don't mind calling it a Mustang, but 
I I might have to fall in and do some arguing that this should have been called the SHO. But e. let, let, let's go back. Uh, Derek went back a couple of years in history. Let's go back to this point in time, and you guys might not remember it as much because you probably are only eight, nine years old at the time. There was this car introduced on a totally new chassis that was to replace the Mustang. And Mustang people threw a fit. And by the time it hit the market in 1988, it had totally changed its name to the Probe. And the Mustang was sold alongside of it. Could this be something that Ford's thrown out there knowing they're going to change the name? They'll get a ton of press. And maybe by the time it hits the market in 2021, it's an SHO or something along those lines. Or do you think the people that have ordered it this week, because you can order it, would be upset that it's no longer called a Mustang? I think if they're already taking orders for it, they're not changing the name. Yeah, that that one shot really makes me think of this thing as an SHO. But. Well, if the name changes, we'll know Ford was listening to the show. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ford listens to the show. Everybody <laughs> listens to the show. I saw our download numbers. They've exceeded 100. <laughs> All right. I mean. Hey, I thought you said you were buying us all dinner when that happened. I, I am, actually. All right. McDonald's on me tomorrow night. Be here in Bessemer. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing Will will be there. I, I will not. Five oh, dollar no. value meals or the two two for two fifty. You can have a McChicken or a, a McDouble and a small fry. And I'll even throw in a large drink. You know, I would be fine with them just calling it the Mach E, not the Mustang Mach E. You complain a lot, Will. Are they going to have a macchiato color? Ooh. Ooh. That'll be the interior option. Oh, macchiato. Lord. Caramel macchiato. <laughs> oh, yes. <sighs> oh, Lord. Can we get a pumpkin and, and spice? See, there you go. Can we, can we get a pumpkin spice macchiato, please? This is perfect for what we're talking about go get your mocha choca bull crap and go get your new electric mustang and go to your soccer game okay why go to do, starbucks why does soccer get, get picked on so much i know i'm feeling pretty <laughs> pretty uh pretty run down here yeah. i mean i've sat there and solidly watched and been entertained for less than a minute in my entire life watching soccer. Why do we pick on it so much? Because it's soccer. It's not American. Football, baseball. That's where we're at. Not soccer. Well, should we play football uh, on grass or AstroTurf? <laughs> AstroTurf's not a thing anymore. What is it? And what do they play on? <laughs> it's, uh, what do they call that stuff? Fake grass. Fake grass. Turf. It. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot more like real grass now than carpet, green carpet. They just put more foam in it so it's kind of cushier, didn't they? It's actually rubber pellets, ground up tires. Yep. Is what it is. Well, you can't grind up damn batteries from your electric car 40, and make a football field out of it. 40 years? Yeah, but those now, electric maybe. cars still use tires. They can be ground up. Just think, you could grind those batteries up, and since they are electrically conductive, you probably could do you know, something that would surpass the LED lighting at you know whatever the Alabama stadium's called. And Hey, Alabama didn't start that crap. And that was started in the NFL. And illuminate the field. You know. Are we going to talk about cars? Sometimes it's good to have a podcast where we don't talk about cars. But we're like 45 See, mostly, minutes. We're like, a lot of your, I don't, I don't, don't want to be, 
I don't want to be a sports podcast. I don't like sports. Football fields have car parts in them. There Good for go. them. You There's know, your connection. You know, one of the coolest cars from the 70s was that little baseball hat thing they used to drive the pitcher out to the mountain. <laughs> 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 well, no, no, the coolest vehicle in all of sports is the Zamboni. Get over it. No, it's the Ramblin' Wreck from Georgia Tech. No, no, any Zamboni. No, I got. Have you ever ridden on a Zamboni? I've ridden on a Zamboni. It's pretty freaking sweet. You just like saying the word Zamboni. Shut up. <laughs> I always liked watching them. Uh, you know, when I'm in a hockey game and a little bit of water behind it, how pretty the the ice looks. Yeah, they're kind of artistic. But in Derek's world, they keep it off to the side and only use it like every other winter or something so it didn't rust or fail. Well, yeah, you got to run water through it, so you got to make sure it's dry and not going to rust. Come on. Jeez. Make sure the tires don't dry right now. Well, we never got to our real topic tonight, but we're 45 minutes into this thing. I think we had a spirited debate. Do we want to keep going or do we want to uh, call it a night? I mean, we jumped into this. And... Well, I've already changed your mind. It shouldn't be called the Mustang. We might as well keep going so I can change Derek's. No, I, I don't care what it's called. I don't mind. Like I said, called... I think it should be called the shoe. Yeah, I don't mind. I think we all agree it should be called the shoe. <laughs> can we all agree on that? The S H O E. Yeah. Now I much prefer to call it the showy. Show okay. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll give in and make it the showy. Showy. All right, done. I still Can don't you mind. drive it to a Shoney's? Do you know where there's a Shoney's at? <laughs> I just saw one recently. I don't remember I, I where was... it was. I was traveling somewhere. I was like, is that a Shoney's? I mean, I was, they still exist? I was thinking that, too. So it must be somewhere off 65 or something. <laughs> it must be, believe it, yeah. Believe it or not, there's still one in Gadsden, Alabama. Maybe well, that, that's not hard to believe. Maybe that's where I saw it. I've been up your way quite often lately. I appreciate you stopping by. Well, I'm never quite there. I mean, yesterday I was um, Aniana. He was like two minutes away, and I was oof, Aniana, two minutes. Boaz, Guntersville, um, then Decatur, Hartsville, and Arab. Hart, Hartsel. Hartsel. And I know it's Arab, not Arab. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Man, I wish we could have talked about this Saudi Arabia thing a little bit, but why don't we hit that next week? Well, because it's going on right now. Well, what say what Will's referring to is there's one hell of an auction going on in Saudi Arabia and car show with a lot of big celebrities. Um and a lot of happenings out of it, but we'll wait till nope. next week yeah. to to talk anything well, about it. I want to see what the outcome is having an auction and such in, in Saudi Arabia. Does it really make a difference? Yeah, we'll have we'll have more information on what we talked about during our pre-show too, I think. So, exactly. We'll have results, news, all that next week. Yeah. I mean, I've already got some proof on some stuff that's happened that's negative. Um but I don't have a lot of proof. Yeah. We don't want you to lose your sources or anything. So there's a teaser for next week. We definitely, we definitely, if we can, we'll touch on what's happening uh, overseas. We might get to the topic we were going to do tonight. I thought we were going to move right into that right now. We still got like eight minutes. Come on. Yeah. Nope. I think we're just going to let that opportunity go away and maybe try to grab it another day. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> So, with that, I think I'm going to say goodnight, guys. I'll let it record, and you guys can record, and I'll just edit off after you sign off. There'll be a lot of editing. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about going to bed, bruh. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Some of us kind of sort of have real jobs. 
which yeah. which I might fill you in two, on in two in of two, weeks. two of the three of us, and we can we can pick out which one of us doesn't have a real job. Oh, I I do have some pretty big news I'd like to announce right quick. All right. Well, yeah, have a good night, everybody, and uh, we'll just, talk next wait, week. Wait, I don't want Will to announce this news because I'm sitting um, talking to Zara last Friday, and she goes, aren't you going to go to Hoax Bluff? And I said, why? Well, there was something on the No Driving Gloves Facebook page. I don't remember Will ever saying anything to me about it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that. Um but anyway, uh, Bryce Thomas Radiator in Gadsden, Alabama, who we use exclusively for our radiators. I know those just, guys. Yep. They have just bought U.S. Radiator out of California. So they they bought their entire plant in California and have moved it to Gadsden. I actually got to tour it today. They will be stamping copper brass tanks and doing a complete copper brass line and keeping the U.S. radiator name at, through their copper brass deal. And it is a hell of a facility. They bought a new building and moved the entire U.S. radiator operation to Gadsden. So uh, very exciting news in, in, in the radiator industry there. Why don't you see if one of those guys will, you know, sit down with us one night, talk a little bit about radiators. And to be honest, it, it would be so cool to go up there with a camera and, we do have a YouTube channel. We occasionally put videos on YouTube and Facebook. I know normally the podcast is just released audio only on YouTube, but you know if they're willing, I'd love to do a little bit of a tour and stuff of of the facility. And um, to me, that's cool. And I mean, Gats- absolutely. And and their aluminum manufacturing facility—they're only like a mile apart. So we could do the aluminum side and then go do the copper brass side. Well, I'm there. I know you've got a really good relationship with them. I always loved working with them when they were uh, a vendor at the uh, Barber Historic events we put on a few years ago. So, yeah, if we can get that set up, I'd love to go see what they're what they're doing and touch base with them, and um, might make a day of it and go down the street and visit your the other buddy i know that used to come to barber historic so we'll leave him out of this right now but he builds some pretty cool cars too so talking about cobras and 36 fords yep okay <laughs> yeah i can line all that up well let's let's work on it um i know we're going into thanksgiving next week um but we'll uh we'll somehow get a show recorded and out to you guys and uh this one drops on, you know, we're recording on Wednesday. It'll drop on Monday. I'm I'm out of here. See, we ended up going all the way to the 50-minute mark. So There you go. Later, Tiger. Congratulations. Hey, guys. Zamboni. <laughs> out of here. Peace. Zamboni. <laughs>